Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. I'm Nick Pregnance. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, you notice we kicked Chris out. We got Nick in. Bye, Chris. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about a really cool truck that I think we've hit on maybe years ago. But God, this thing behind us has been around 2014, 2015. It was, it was like a brainchild of 14 into 15. I think I bought the donor in 15. Okay, that sounds the, right. The old Dominion truck. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, it started life, God, it's, it started life as a regular cab. Flatbed. Flatbed uh, with a big headache rack on it and stock tire, stock everything. I think it just had like a pretty simple tune and basic mods on it at that point. Yep. It was the shop truck. Shop truck. That's what we used it to go pick up engines and drop stuff off. And then one day I remember you, I want to say the Whirlies and somebody else coming out of a room with just like this shit eating grin of we're going to destroy this truck and turn it into something awesome. That's Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. Uh, so what is it? Tell our, tell our viewers, tell our listeners what we're dealing with here. Uh, it's a 2012. So like you said, it started life as a regular cab. It was a cab chassis truck. So it was one of those rare, you know, bastard stepchild, ASIN, <laughs> 6.7, uh, 2012 trucks. And basically what we did was we lengthened the truck to make it to the legal limit for the sled pulling classes around here. And then we, we conceived it for the original UCC, right? So it was built to be a competitor in the original UCC. Uh, I always wanted to put a what I call a big block Cummins, which is really an ISL or an ISC, uh, into, a, into a small chassis truck. And so I thought, I'm not gonna get a better reason than the UCC to do this. <laughs> so let's start burning money. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I mean, it's a 600 cubic inch truck. It's got three S500 91 millimeter turbos and two uh, feeding into one compound. Big air to water intercooler. I mean, I mean, everything, right? It, it is it is everything. We'll, we'll do a walk around of the truck, guys. So if you're listening to this, you're going to want to jump over to the YouTube channel. Uh, check out Diesel Performance Podcast there. You'll get be able to get some more visual aspects. We'll also throw some up on the socials. Uh, however, this is one of those trucks that I think it's really easy to simplify thinking back on it over, you know, seven years and just saying, oh, yeah, it was just this thing. We'd First, first the truck got torn apart. And, and when you say it got stretched, it's a full frame stretcher. It's not a body modification. It's it's not it's not something yeah. that was simple. It was a yeah. massive chassis overhaul yeah, so instead to of get putting it to work. A bed on it. We put two. We took two beds and cut <laughs> one in half and basically welded into the other bed to make a ten foot long bed. Uh, stretch the frame as well to match that ten foot long bed. And then don't I remember the the actual hitch being? Didn't you guys have some sort of custom fabrication going on with Whirly that the hitch was actually tied in? To pull from the center of the chassis, not from the rear of the chassis. Yeah, it's a uh, what the hell do they call it? Somebody watching this video is like, it's a freaking out right now, screaming what the name of it what is. The name of it is. Yeah. Damn it, I can't remember it. But yeah, drawbar style. <laughs> there you go. Drawbar style. <laughs> gotcha. <hitch. laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, it's tied up back to the forward of the frame, basically right where the rear axle. Yeah. You'll see in the pictures. Right. right. Overlay some B-roll. <laughs> Um, so can you explain a little bit about the design behind that and why, why that would be advantageous when we're talking about big sled pulls? We're talking about a truck that's making a, a ton of power, right? And so every 3.0 class, 3.4 class, unlimited class, all those big trucks run drawbar style hitches. One, it's safer and it, it basically allows the truck to plant 
much better than a standard restyle hitch. So that was the point of using the draw bar style hitch. Okay, and when you say plant, you're just mean like actually putting the whole chassis suspension down instead of just the back. I mean, are you still yeah. gonna get the? You're still gonna get tilt. Putting the truck to work. Okay. And placing the the you know the uh, torque that you're using where it's gonna be most effective in the chassis. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> this is, it's a long truck. When we say 10 foot bed, I think it's easy to, to underestimate how long a 10 foot bed actually looks on this truck. When you see it in person, yeah, I mean, it's got 22 inch wheels and 35 inch tires and it's a dually and it, it actually looks really well balanced from the side. It does. Uh, but it, it makes the 10 foot bed look normal. But if you put that stuff on a regular cab, like, <laughs> those wheels and tires look huge. Exactly. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about, as we start to come forward, the air to water intercooler? Um, I get that there's additional cooling benefits, but you, you are sacrificing drivability, right? You're not going to go out and go cruising to the middle of Wisconsin sure. in this truck. Yeah, I mean, the truck was built to be a competition-only truck. So, you know, also to run on the dirt. And the UCC is, you know, when it was conceived, was one truck, three events, right? That's not to rub it in. Uh, Dyno wing and sled pulling, you don't get any airflow over the air-to-air -air intercooler. So we wanted the truck to be able to cool itself off, cool the air charge off, even when it's not moving. So the air-to-water intercooler makes sense. Uh, it's a it's a huge core. Uh, you can see it behind me there. Right, monster core. The truck makes 100 pounds of boost. So you, you got a lot of hot air coming into the system and you got to get it cooled off somehow. And that, that does the trick. That does the trick. Um, have you done, I remember when we did the original dyno test and there was a bit of a tragedy there. I think we were oh, yeah. all of three days before UCC uh, and it ended up windowing the block when you were on the dyno with it. Yeah. Uh, which was violent, I will say, from being 200 feet away from it when it happened. How did it feel in the cab? Yeah, that was one of the scariest moments I've ever had on the dyno. Um, all of a sudden, you know, it, well, it was making 3,600 foot-pounds of torque. Right, it was full load, and it, as soon as it let the brake go, it just, and you could just feel it eat itself alive. Really? And you see the parts go underneath. But I mean, the first thing I did was pull my feet up, because I thought, you know, if stuff's swinging around down there, like the transmission might be one of them. It's, it's got a 48 in it, so like, <laughs> what are the odds of that thing hanging on? I don't know. Um, so I pulled my feet up and just kind of like sat over to the side like this, like, okay, we'll ride this thing out and then got out and just saw it was a bloodbath underneath. It was, it, it was, it, it is the clearest imagery of when somebody says window the block I've ever seen the entire oh, yeah. back cylinder. I mean, the, the, it was off. It was, there was no back cylinder. Yeah. It, it was completely Knocked off. pieces of the cam out. I mean, just, just parts of the motor that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's been more spectacular engine failures sure right uh but but it was certainly all that i ever want to be a part of <laughs> as far as engine failures i mean the original engine you know we, it's, this is a fairly quick like ramp up and isl engines like are not known for their performance so the parts looked strong and we thought okay maybe we can get away with stock rods like stock cummins rods usually do pretty well in a five nine and a six seven sure these look much bigger than those so we'll give them a shot. Yeah. No, I mean, we know guys running 1,500 horsepower on stock rods right. in a 5.9. So we could probably get away with 2,000 on an ISL. Yeah. Not the case. <laughs> uh, not the case at all. Definitely shorten the block or shorten those rods up. And then the crank came around and slammed the bottom of the piston skirt. And the rest is kind of history. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a bad day. Now, now that original design on the engine, do I remember it, it, it had a weird stroke on it so that you guys could get more capacity out of it? And then when we went to the replacement, 
uh, went back to normal, said, said, hey, maybe we're over-engineering some of this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I that think process? we went to, yeah, I think, now you're really gonna stretch my memory here, and this is all in a thread, so. Uh, it can be fact-checked, yeah. It can be really fact-checked on Cummins Forum. So if you want the, like, the for sure written down details, go to Cummins Forum, because remember, this has been about six years since we started this deal. What I, what I think we built the first time was a 600 cubic inch deal, and we went with a larger bore. And uh, there was a certain piston size, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was basically readily available, and we could go to this larger bore and get 600 cubic inches out of the engine. It took like the 8.9 liter to a 10.4 liter? A, yeah, 10 point, yeah, I wanna say 10.4, I think you're right there. Um, and so, the next time around, after that first destruction, we decided we don't we don't need that, right? Like it's, this took took us a lot, a lot longer to get parts. Um, the cylinder head ceiling was questionable. I believe maybe there was some evidence of uh, head gasket was starting to seep. Yeah. Also, so we were like, you know, we got a lot of boost on this thing. Let's not tempt fate by going to the largest bore we can possibly go. Let's let's shrink the bore a little bit, give the head gasket a better chance to hold on, and so I. I think this motor that's in the truck is somewhere in the 540-550 cubic inch range. Okay. So it's got a narrow bore to it. Same stroke as the last one, though. Gotcha. Okay. Now, it is it, it is another world when it comes to the fuel system with this. Um, I know the 14 mil pumps, that dual 14 mil pumps on it, they were some of the first ones that actually yeah. had available, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. So the factory fuel pump on these trucks is actually, a, it's a big ass pump. Oh, really? And like I think if the aftermarket supported that pump, it probably would outflow the CP3 if worked, whatever, right? I, I don't remember the name of it, but it's a big ass pump. <laughs> um, we took that pump off because we didn't know, we didn't know how it would tolerate RPM. We didn't know what the capacity of that pump was. We didn't know how to tandem with that pump. So like, how are we gonna add capacity if we have to add a CP3 on top of the stock pump? So we figured, let's just go to something we know. XG, great partner to work with. Um, they set us up with two reverse rotation 14 millimeter CP3s, which we knew would be enough fuel to get us where we wanted to be. Um, so we just kind of put it together like that. Yeah, I mean, generally, I think that's about enough fuel for a rocket ship. So yeah, yeah it should work. <laughs> it should, should work in the Cummins. Should do the trick. Uh, injectors, God, I don't remember injector sizes. I don't remember if we ever published injector sizes, if I'm being totally honest. I want to say they were four to five hundred percent over what the factory ISL injector which, size was. Which at the time was the most we could possibly get. That, yeah, that was, it was, yeah, it was big. They were like any bigger and we're gonna need, you know, an actual drill bit. Right, okay. right, yeah. right. Yeah, now now I know you go to UCC or you go to King of the Streets and it's like 200% is what the tow trucks are bringing in. Yeah, <laughs> right, 400% is a minimum. Yeah, 400% is minimum entry fee. But yeah, we're, <laughs> and remember this is a slower turning engine too. Like it's not a high RPM engine. So you have more time to work with as far as injection event goes. So okay, crank angle degrees wise, you know, these guys now are spending 5,000, 6,000 RPM on those engines. Like this thing was never turned past 3,300 RPM. Even when it even when it popped, even when it popped, it was in the two thousands. Jesus, so that's how that's why the torque was so high because it was it was just torque like that. That's what this thing did was spooled those huge turbos down low and made a shitload of torque. Because remember, in the UCC, the dyno event, your torque number counts. Yeah, right. So you add the two together. So even if we don't make twenty five hundred horsepower, if we make thirty six hundred foot pounds or close to four thousand foot pounds of torque. Even if we good make, shot. Even yeah. if we make short of two thousand horsepower, we still have a really good shot. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Do you remember what a horsepower number looked like when it 
I want to say we were around 1600 horsepower when it when it spit, and that's just going from memory. Sure. Roughly. I mean, I, I seem to remember that same number hovering around yeah. as the conversation. Yeah. Um, common rail fuel system on this. I see, and again, I know we're pulling out of the deeps here. Um, I seem to remember quite a bit of engineering talking about the actual fuel system and the fuel lines and the rail and all of that. Yeah. Because it wasn't going to work to run the dual pumps and the 14 mil and all of the turbo packaging, I, I thought was the issue. So the because we removed the factory fuel pump, we had to run lines to the rail that were all custom. Okay. So the 14 mil stuff is all custom plumbing. The lines to the injectors are, I believe they're factory lines. Um, the rest of the fuel system, like there's, there's two fast, two, 200s or 250s, whatever fast is yeah. larger pump was um, when we put it together. Um, yeah. The triple S 500, this is a whirly pitch. Can I just blind guess here? No, this was, uh, this was me. I wanted to do this. This was, so this is an interesting setup. So Whirly built the manifold out of tubular. It's a, it's a welded manifold. And he built it in a way that uses a um, 60 millimeter wastegate to feed the second scroll of the of the manifold turbine. So it, it runs the manifold turbine runs off of one scroll, basically making it a quick spool or a variable geometry S500. Okay. Until it gets boost and then opens the second scroll up, and that's when that's the high you know high flow situation. So the truck spools the turbos like really quickly and i think there's a 140 or 150 ar on the on the small cheese on the manifold yeah so a gt500 is a huge turbocharger 111 millimeter turbine and then you got a you know that big uh turbine housing on it also like i didn't expect it to drive very well or to spool up well but man it between the cubic inches and the quick spool setup on it, it, it really drives nice. I will say, we I remember when we first started tuning LMLs and everybody would talk about the jet and the rumbles at idle and, and how much LMLs, VVT sound like a jet. We heard this run, I wanna say in 19. It all got back, put back together, yeah. got it out to like the very last sled pull event of the year. Yeah. Um, it, it absolutely did spool quick. I mean, sitting there watching trucks all day and, and everything like, you know, we're used to being at a sled pull where, hey, if you got to take your time and it takes you two, three full minutes to actually get up on top of your turbos before you start moving, we've seen it. It happens, sure, right? Sure. There are those setups. Yeah. Uh, and I think when I saw triple S 500s, that was kind of what I expected to see was, oh, we're, this thing's going to bellow smoke Chugging for two life. to three full minutes. <laughs> and then it's finally going to sound like it's got some turbo in it. And then it's going to go like, like a bat out of hell. Yeah. Not the case. This thing, literally, you kind of seem to hook up to it. I assume lean on it to half throttle, and it just sounded like like you were standing next to a, a legitimate Learjet taking off. It it came right to life. There was there's really no drama. It did not have to work the throttle. You know, just it's got a rever uh, manual valve body in it, so drop it you know right into first and and spool it up on the line, and it, it's really just came right up to life and let it rip. Grab second, lock up. Grab third, going down the track, and I'm just thinking. Uh, I could probably grab fourth. That would be absurd. <laughs> and uh, I didn't grab fourth. I remember seeing the tax swing like 30, 33, 30, might have gone 35. I don't know. But it was, it was right in that, you know, that range where I thought it could probably pull overdrive if I wanted to. Yeah. But I'm not going to be that guy. 
and I could tell the truck was on a tear already and I was like it's already running great I could see that the crowd was into it and it got to the end of the track and that's I felt it hop once twice and then the transfer case broke off the back of the tail shaft housing it was so it, it was so tragic but also so fitting because it, it sounded and it looked just too smooth and to go too perfectly for something that had this much time into it. It's not supposed to be easy. Not that's, supposed to be that's easy. That's not how this yeah, works. They always break the first time out, right? That's that's it. You got to get that one out of the way. Yeah. You got to get that one out of the way. Yep. Um, it is it is back together now. So so it, it sat for a little while. It wasn't really a high priority for us. Obviously, no UCC in 2022 or 2020. 21, 22 came around. We're really, I think, the idea of this truck being competitive this, this, in today's yeah, market yeah. of UCC. It's not going to happen. I, I, no, it's an you got to be fast. It's an you exhibition sled pull truck, is what it is. Well, and, and that's the thing now is there's no classes, at least near us, that that it fits into a class. There's nobody else that's out, right. you, you know, trying to rip triple S four hundreds even, right? Like they used to be cool. Not saying to anybody, um, but but it, it now is it, it's exhibition. I mean, that's really it, it's back together because it's awesome. Because it's cool and it was that close to running anyway, so why not put it back together and let make a few runs down the track with it? And it's a good show, you know. It's I don't know what else to do with it. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, right? Shop owners, I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can agree. We've all we've all gotten that we've far all got into that a project, project where you're like, like, well, I did this out of passion, and I still have a passion, yep. but the fucks are just about out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I got it. Yep. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. I I'm gonna volunteer to go out and take this on the on the next street drive. Uh, so I'll, I will parade this thing. No problem. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors: XDP, WC Fab, Exergy, and of course, Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. Uh, they make the show possible. Support us by supporting them and let them know that you heard about them uh, through Diesel Performance Podcast. For today, I'm Paul Wilson, and I'm Nick Pregnitz. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, it's Jeremy from the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, this week we're gonna bring you another truck. Uh, this week is the infamous truck we call the UCC truck around here. It's a 2010 Dodge Ram that's highly modified uh, for competition use. So uh, we took it out of storage uh, after we broke it and get it back on the road is the key. So uh, this week we or last week, sorry, we went ahead and we got the parts taken off that were already broken from when the transfer case spun and broke the tailhouse on the back of the trans. So I went ahead and I removed all those pieces, um, the front drive shaft, the loops that were bent from the drive shaft running around. Um, the trans was already out of the truck prior, you know, to determine some damage. But um, when it did that, it took out a bunch of wiring um, that we had running under there. So I had to go ahead and get the wiring repaired, part of the repair, and see what's wrong with it, see if it created any more damage. So get the re wiring done. Um, when the drive shaft uh, spun and the transfer case spun, it took out the five inch exhaust pipe we had. So I had to go ahead and repair the five inch exhaust pipe that we had on it. Um, at that time, it also ripped the drive shaft loop that we had welded to the frame and i actually ripped that off of the frame and so we have to repair that as well um one thing we're going to do different on this truck to try to prevent from 
it breaking again or twisting again is we had a two-piece drive shaft in this truck with a center support bearing. So we're going through a local dealer of ours that uh, guys help us out a lot. Uh, we're gonna have a one-piece drive shaft made. This drive shaft's gonna be almost 80 inches long. Um, so we're gonna try to go to a high tensile strength, um, high RPM, uh, and we're gonna try to go to a bigger, like a five and a quarter inch tube. So that's one thing we're gonna try to do to prevent it from slipping and twisting again. Um, again, we won't know until we get her back on the track and hopefully that's very soon. So I do have the trans in the truck right now. I have the transfer case in the truck. I'm just waiting on a drive shaft. Once I get the drive shaft done, um, I can get this thing on the road and see if we did any more damage to it. Um, as in damage, what I mean by that is when the drive shaft broke, or twisted we shut this truck off this truck was at 220 degrees when we shut this truck off we pulled the lever for the guillotines and the truck shut down at 220 degrees um you never want to do this shut a truck down at a, on hot turbos so especially three turbos we just want to keep it nice try to cool them down a little bit let the truck run let them cool it down a little bit we didn't get that chance so well, that's one thing that we have to watch out for and look and see the health of the turbos and the motor itself once we get this thing up and running. A good tip on this one is uh, time. Um, measuring your drive shaft, measuring everything out properly. Um, I believe uh, when you're doing aftermarket and you're building stuff, you wanna try to align and re align stuff. What I mean by that is like drive shaft angles, uh, the way that the trans sits um, and the rear end sits. So research and time um, and then doing the right research and on it to determine what angles and stuff you need to. So that's why we are opting to go with the one piece instead of the two piece this time because we believe that the angles that we had on it were not sufficient for what we want to try to do with the truck. Um, that's about all I really got on this truck this week. If you really like what uh, I'm doing and you like the stuff that I'm giving you guys, uh, give me a like on Instagram, jgarnett at zero zero. Um, I'm always posting stuff and I'm gonna be doing some pretty odd stuff coming up here in the future. So just give me a like, share and follow and we'll give you some new content. Thanks guys and have a good day. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe and we'll talk to you again soon. Jokes are hard. Okay. <laughs>